0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dale and Keith, middays 10 to
1: 2 on WEEI. We've all been talking about The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that's been running on ESPN. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is NBA champion, three-time NBA All-Star and former Boston Celtic Antoine Walker. Antoine is brought to you by Star Market and the brand new Star Market at the Hub on Causeway, just outside the TD Garden. Antoine, it's Dale, Rich, and Wiggy. How are you?
2: Hey, how you doing? How you guys doing? We're
1: doing, doing great, thanks. Staying safe, I hope, with you and uh, and all of your loved ones.
2: Yeah, I'm in Chicago. Um, I've been healthy. My family's been healthy, luckily so far, and um, you know, crazy times we living in. So I'm just grinding through it, just like I'm sure you guys are doing every day.
1: Antoine, have you been watching The Last Dance?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. Must see TV. Of course <laughs> I've been watching it. <laughs> we
1: saw the picture uh, in, in last Sunday, the, the, uh, the, the group photo they took at the All-Star Game, and you were standing there when they had Michael sitting on the chair because he was the old guy in the group. What was Michael Jordan like as a teammate?
2: Um, I mean, obviously, I, I played all three of my All Star games. I played him with, with Michael, so that was actually. Um, I just was thinking about that the other day. I couldn't. I was like, "Damn, I did play in all my three All Star games with him." But I mean, Michael's great. I mean, All Star weekend, especially that was crazy because one, it was in Madison Square Garden, um, as I remember, and the media and the buzz was was crazy because people were saying it could be his last All Star game. So. Everybody was kind of you know planning out to be his last All Star game, so they wanted to make it special. And you guys got to remember, I was a young pup on the All Star team, so I was like the the Christian Layne on the, the ninety two Olympic team. Like <laughs> nobody really, nobody really you know cared who I was at that time. But um, it was great, man. It was a surreal feeling for me personally as a, as a young ball player. Grew up a fan of Michael Jordan, and then obviously um, the last three runs of the title, I got to compete against him. So. Um, but he was great. He's always been great to me, so he was, he was great to me at that moment.
3: Now, your first NBA game as a rookie was against Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and the Bulls, a team that had just come off 72 wins and a title, and here you are uh, jumping into the league, going up against those guys. What was that experience, and what was that memory like?
2: Oh, uh, it was just a, Again, it was an amazing feeling for me because – I was a rookie. Like I said, I was a fan. I used to root for them. I was, I was cheering for them just a year and a half ago when they went in 93 and, and uh, supporting them for those three titles. And then now I'm playing against them. So I was at all um, overwhelmed, nervous, and all those things um, the first time I played them. And it, it took me a while to, to get my nerves and my confidence up to play against those guys because they were so good defensively and, and as a group. And, you know, you had to catch yourself sometimes and being at all and being on the same floor with him. But um, it's somehow I always remember. The outcome wasn't that great, um, but I ended up getting one against him.
4: Now, you grew up in the Chicago area, so you got to see kind of Scotty firsthand, Scotty Pippen. And I know we're kind of getting a lot from this whole last dance. Now, I thought, you know, me personally, I thought he was, you know, always one of the top five players in the NBA. What what do you think that uh, that uh, Chicago Bulls basketball team um, would have been like if they didn't have Scottie Pippen, just Michael Jordan?
2: Well, obviously, I don't think they win six titles. I mean, Scottie was a huge part of of their success, um, so he, they definitely do not win six titles. I, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Michael on how many titles he, he could have won, um, but I, I don't think they went they win six. I think, you know, that's one thing that people are learning from this documentary how how huge Scottie Pippen was to the team and organization. Obviously, he didn't get paid um, at the time, so people, you know, he got the short end of the stick. But at that time, people got to understand that a seven-year, $18 million deal was a pretty good deal in 91. Um, you know, guys signed lengthy contracts. I think Magic had signed like a 10-year deal before he went through his trials and tribulations. But guys signed lengthy deals at that time. Um, and it just, unfortunately, you know, Jerry Krause wasn't willing to, to tear his contract up and, and make sure that he, he was uh, well compensated. And Pippen kind of forced his hand, but it's unfortunate because he, he signed the contract. So, um, But Scotty was tremendous. I, I had him, you know, I think he showed the world. If people had any doubts or anything of him being a top, you know, 10 player in this league, um, he kind of put that to, to bed over this documentary.
1: We're talking with former Celtic and NBA All-Star Antoine Walker. When you were a player on an opposing team, you hadn't been to an All Star game. You hadn't really had an opportunity to get to know Michael at all. What was the word around the league about what kind of guy he was?
2: Um, that he was the best. I mean, for, from my from my knowledge, being in Chicago and growing up watching him the play, they, they said he was, you know he was the best. He was an easy easy guy to approach. Um, but also super competitive, which we all know how competitive he he is as a a player. Um, But until 96, 97, 98, I started competing against him, getting to know him a little bit, and I really didn't even know him that well, um, obviously, until he came back in 2001 is when my relationship really kicked in with him. But just – from the normal stuff that you hear around the league that people just say it's competitive, just, I'll give, I'll give you an example. Just we, we beat him that 97, I think 98. With We beat him that first game of the season. And I remember, you know, I dance dancing, celebrating, and stuff like that. We come coming to locker room, And he was like, you guys will never beat us again. This is what he was yelling in the hallway. You guys will never beat us again. He just, that's the type of person that he was. He was very aware of everything that was going on and our celebrations. And us celebrating like we just won um, an NBA championship really bothered him. And he took it out on us the rest of the season, the other three games that we played. him.
3: Now, Jared Jeffries was on a podcast last month. He, of course, was a teammate of Jordan when Jordan came out of retirement the second time with the Wizards. And he told a story, Antoine, about when all of you guys were working out and one day, or the first day, you showed up in a Ferrari and then Jordan decided to, to do something about that?
2: <laughs> he told that story really oh okay um yep. <laughs> if, <laughs> no actually it wasn't a ferrari i had a bentley um okay. so i had a bentley that i want i just i think i just got a new Bentley. And i drove it up to the gym and he saw it and um so he proceeded to to drive five different ferrari's the next four or five days in different sweatsuits
3: said, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeffrey said. He said Jordan went up to you and said, "I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna drive a different Ferrari with the matching yeah. sweatsuit every day while we're here." And he did a
2: different time every yeah. single day. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was always a competitive. I mean, it was, it was probably – It's weird because it was a competition thing, but I couldn't compete with him. Mike, I didn't like the little sports cars like Ferraris, but he, yeah, he did it to me. He he, he put me to, he put me to shame. Put my little Bentley to shame.
3: How many years did you do that in the off season working out with him?
2: um I was with him for two years in so two thousand and one, his last two years uh with the wizards um We worked out together every day um those two summers, and I became very close with michael um obviously on and off the court and um some of the best time of my life being able to be um associated and connected with him, got to know his family really really well um got to know him on a personal level. And we train together. Um, we both work out with Tim Grove every day, um, so it was it was a great great for me um, as far as Matt, to learn his competitive drive at his age, that he, how bad he still wanted to win and compete, um, and still in all that I mean, and still in the fact that if you don't win, you know it's about winning titles, um, it's about being a winner, and and learning those things from him uh, was, was second to none.
4: Now, one of the things that kind of stood out for me was, you know, Mike being like Teflon, right? Everybody, the whole slogan was, I want to be, I want to be like Mike, right? And one of the questions Uh. I I asked, you know, and I saw, you know, he didn't really like the negativity, some of the stuff that he was saying about him. What would it be like for him, even yourself included, right, to play in an era today in 2020 where a lot of athletes, you know, in all different sports, but especially in basketball, uh, because you guys, you know, your faces are all over the place and generally, you know, you're 6'8 and above. How, how difficult do you think it is for players to be able to deal in this social media world that they play in now versus, you know, obviously when you played or even when Jordan played in the early 90s when there was none of that, you know there were no pictures, there were no Instagram models putting up pictures of of people <laughs> um
2: it would take a lot of adjusting. I think it is different. you do make a great point um with that. I think we all would have adjusted um you know at some point in our career. I think for Michael it would have been super hard um because of who he was being a global a global superstar um but I think the way he carried himself, he would he would have adjusted, and the adjustment part would have been his fun things that he likes to do. He would have had to really be private with that, whether that was going to play golf, uh, whether that was going to gamble, um, the th- some of the things that he does. He was not a, he's not a guy that was a homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, he still was a guy that still got out in the public and, and did certain things. I mean, obviously, he opened many of restaurants. I mean, he was a, so he would it would have took some adjusting. I do agree with you. But I think if it's one person that could have done it, he would have done it. He would have surrounded himself with the right people. Um, his circle would have got even tighter. But we also wouldn't have got an opportunity probably to know Michael Jordan the way we, we, would have, we know him now. We would have had to really have a documentary come out like it is now. We wouldn't have got a chance to know him. So it, it goes both ways. Um, I know I would have struggled individually playing this day and age because I, I, was actually, I like to go out. I like to party. I like to do certain things. So I would have had to watch that and be very smart. In, in those things, because of the camera, mm-hmm. because of social media, because of the people pull their camera phones out at every moment. Um, so it, it would probably would have made made him more private, and we would have got we wouldn't have got a chance to get to know Michael the way we did.
1: You knew Michael Jordan as a workout partner, not necessarily as a teammate. I'm leaving the All Star competitions aside for a minute here. Uh-huh. Was was he hard on you when he was working out? Like he reportedly was hard on teammates in practice.
2: Oh, without question. Um, so my first four years, five years in league, I mean, I worked out every day. But I was a basketball junkie. I wasn't a workout junkie. I wasn't a guy that was going to eat weights and sit in the, in the weight room and lift a lot of weights. I liked to play basketball. So I would really just train, um, get in the gym to play and play ball and, and listen to my skills. Well, when I started working out with Michael, I got the weight training involved in, in, in my workout. He was working out with Tim Grover at the time, was the trainer, and I ended up in working out with Tim Grover uh, with him four days out the week. So I added that aspect of my game just for Michael. Didn't know uh, how much we needed to lift weights to get to get through a season, but that was something he was very big on um, maintaining your strength throughout the season. So that's something that he instilled in me. And then his competitive spirit, the motivation to, to motivate my teams that. Um, it's all about winning, and and it's, it's hard to say. And I know you know it's kind of a cliche. Everybody says well, he's compared. It was really all about winning. He didn't care about anything else. We played pickup ball, and it was about winning. In the summertime, it was about winning. He won how many games you won in the summertime too, as well. And if you didn't dominate the court that day, you know he would give it to you on a consistent basis. So he made you come to work every day. So those four or five days out every week, you had to come to work in the weight room as well as playing pickup ball on the court.
3: What do you think of the grudge between he and Isaiah Thomas, which seems to be just as strong as it was, you know, almost 30 years ago?
2: Um, it's unfortunate because I know Isaiah. I'm a kid from Chicago. I know Isaiah very well. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him. Respect for him but I also got a lot of respect for Michael. Um, I like the fact for the most part, I mean, it's coming out a little bit more. They've kept it in the essence of basketball and competing on the court. Um, but now you know, it's getting a little personal. But – um it's hard to say. I mean, I, I I love the fact that they both were very competitive. Um, I got a lot of respect for Isaiah and what he was able to accomplish in his career, and we all have to look at that. Um, he beat Magic, he beat Bird, he beat Jordan on that prime. So he should have a little, you know, he should be a little cocky and have a little mm-hmm. confidence about that, that he beat them. Um, we all, you know, as an athlete, you got to have some type of sportsmanship. So I'm not, a, I don't agree with him walking off the court. Um, you know, we you win and lose in sports and they were very competitive but you know, it's nothing wrong with you know, you don't have to sit there and hug a guy, but it's nothing wrong with congratulating a guy that's taken him two, three years to get over the hump to beat you.
4: Now, what do you think makes Michael Jordan, right? It seems like he's untouchable Uh, with everything he does versus, like, let's say a guy like LeBron or even Kobe when they played being, like, you know, aggressive to their teammates or kind of, you know, making air quotes here, being a bully or saying things like, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. Like, what is it that makes Michael Jordan just so untouchable that if, you know, if it was a guy like LeBron James who says the same thing or if we heard a story come out that he punched one of his teammates – you know, they would criticize him to the end of time. I, I that's the one thing I'm learning about. Like, no matter what Mike does, we gonna get his sneakers. what do you think that is with the reason behind that?
2: Um, you know, I think I think Mike was good to his teammates. I mean obviously I wasn't there in everyday grind with them every day. Uh, but I do know a lot of guys that, that played with him on a personal level from Charles Oakley, who's a good friend of mine, Scotty Pippen, Randy Brown guys that I deal with on a consistent basis, Um, never have anything bad to say about Michael about being a teammate. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not you like his off the court or what he does off the court never comes into play. And it's kind of, and this shows, it's just like Dennis Rodman. Nobody got into what Dennis had going on off the court, but they appreciated what he brought to the court. So it's kind of one of those type of situations. Um, Not sure. I mean, I'm not sure why, you know, Michael doesn't get as criticized as much as you know some of these guys, but but it goes back to what you guys were talking about. You know, it goes back to social media and and how the game is covered now. You got, you know, it's no privacy. So you know, I think you know back then you could some things you just didn't find out about, and some you know we're finding out a few things now with this documentary. But you know, now everything these guys do is put into to big bold lights, and I think that's where the difference at is at.
1: Antoine, it's always fun to catch up with you and talk some basketball. We you, we really appreciate the time and continue to stay safe there.
2: I'm gonna try to tell you guys do as well.
1: Okay, picture this: it's
0: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better